You know we love staying connected. From current events to drama and celebrity gossip, we stay in the know. But it can be hard to keep up when your Wi-Fi cuts out around the house. You know, spotty in one room, but strong in the other. Thankfully, the next generation Xfinity 10G network can help by keeping you connected to everything you love with reliable wall-to-wall Wi-Fi. That means you can stay up to date on all the latest buzz in real time from room to room. Start listening to your favorite podcasts in the kitchen and listen all over the house as you put your laundry away. Better yet, the whole family can work, stream, and play on multiple devices, all with a fast and reliable connection. With the next generation Xfinity 10G network, your entire house can keep up with all the action with less buffering. Get it all from the network made for streaming, the Xfinity 10G network. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. And we're in the wilderness and whatever, and you're alone. You don't, you don't know where your parents are. And you cry? A wolverine's going to come eat you. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Nikki and Bree show. Today, we're doing things a little different because unfortunately, Nikki is in a lot of pain. Poor thing has had some shoulder stuff and had to go to the hospital and she's dealing with just a lot of stuff. She actually wants to talk about it next, actually not next week because you'll get our live show next week, but the week after that, she's going to go in on just a bunch of that. But she wanted me to tell all of our listeners that um, she said she couldn't make it. She loves you all, but she thought no one better to take her spot than my husband, Mr. Brian Danielson. Hip, hip, hooray for me. (laughs) Sweet face. I'm so excited to have you on, even though, you know, my sidekick, um, Nikki, I always, you know, I'm always used to her, but there's no one better to take her spot than you. I feel like I'm a very different human than your sister. Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs) She actually wanted to come on, but she's on painkillers. And we all were like, "Um, no, she's already no filter Nikki. I can't imagine her on painkillers. So that could have that could have been awesome. It actually could have been really awesome. If she gets canceled, does that mean you get canceled, too? Um, no, I mean, I feel like whoever would cancel me because I'm her twin, I should cancel them for, but so many people can't tell you guys apart despite how different. Yeah. Despite how different you guys are. Like they just associate. If she were to say something, they, they think that you say it, say it too, or you think it too. That actually is very true. Yeah. Uh, I, but it kind of goes back to that saying when they say like, Think about who you are friends with and you associate yourself with because you will always be, what is that saying? Like you'll always. So there's one saying that you become the five people that you spend the most time with. And also whatever, like your group of friends 
whatever trouble they get into, you're just automatically going to be attached to that. Yeah. I feel like my whole life, I'm always been used to whatever Nicole is doing, I'm doing or whatever I'm doing or moving to Nicole is too. So I guess we've always been kind of connected and doing the same thing. So that goes back to the question. If she says something really dumb and gets canceled, do you get canceled too? (laughs) I think yes. Whereas I could say something dumb and just, I would get canceled and you would not. That's true. And then I could put out to like out there, like I'm going to divorce him for his. Thing. <laughs> what he was saying. We're working on it. We're doing therapy. Yeah. Or, but I feel like I could say that about Nicole too. I'm yeah. divorcing this twin marriage. You can't, you can't, you guys are connected. I thought I knew her, but I guess I don't. Oh. <laughs> Wins. There's no way. There's no way. You guys shared okay. a womb. A womb together. I, a yeah. Womb. But I don't know. You're womb bound. I feel like I need to like create that as a hashtag or I would say a shirt, <laughs> but I don't want to sell a shirt. Yeah. Well, face, I really wanted to get ready for you this morning just because I was like, oh, we haven't seen each other for a couple of days. So it'd be nice to wear some makeup and a nice outfit. But then the morning happens in school and I wanted to sleep in a little longer and you have me and my sweat. And no makeup. Actually, my favorite Brie is Brie with no makeup and in sweatpants. That's my favorite Brie. Well, thank you. That's the most beautiful Brie. I feel like a lot of women listen to this podcast, I assume. Yes. There's something to me that's always been strange about makeup. And I don't know what it is. It's like uh, the idea of hiding or trying to make yourself look better. And it's not something, it's it's not judgmental on the person. It's judgmental on our society that women... We place so many demands on women and so many expectations of being beautiful and versus the truth just in your face without makeup to me is the most beautiful thing there is, you know, so. Thank you. I do find it interesting how men get to live this whole life where they don't wear makeup and they kind of it's I don't know why I feel like this is a thing, but I feel like people agree with me men age nicely and sometimes better than women. It's just a thing. I feel like that's been embedded in us. And I feel like women, we wear makeup to feel prettier and to feel more confident. And then we don't age as great as men. So then we're trying to hide it or do all these things to correct it. But men just keep coasting like through life, not having to worry about all these and their vanity, right? All this vanity. But um, it's really interesting how that how that is well so i think a lot of that has to do with where value is placed in women from a societal perspective versus where value is placed on men the idea of men who are successful are attractive right versus women who are physically attractive are attractive beauty is just different you know what i mean so it's like men with wrinkles have wisdom women with wrinkles are old that's not me saying it that's the society and that's very much what it feels like in the world today and even like people will say we've come so far which i agree but still like you're also as a 50 year old woman now you're looking in the mirror and you're like gosh i should look like j-lo or gwen stefani because they're 51 52 or something you know what i mean it's not even it's not even just that you are expected to shave your legs and if you don't you're gross and i 
have never once shaved my legs and nobody has ever commented on it. And I go out and pretend to fight in spandex underwear. Like I'm essentially wearing underwear and nobody says anything about me not shaving my legs. Yeah, it is interesting. That's all. It's, it's a little sad. Can I put something forth to yeah. any, to any female who is a professional wrestler or who would like to be a professional wrestler? Sure. I think it would be very interesting to have a female who didn't shave their legs at all or didn't shave or any of their or armpits or anything. And they, and they didn't do it to be, to look like mean and a monster. I think it would be better if they were more attractive, they were more attractive and they had, and they said, you know what? I am not going to conform to what society expects from me. Like to me, I, I realize I'm a white guy talking about fe feminism. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, but how cool would that be? How cool would it be for, and the reason why I think of that is how cool would it be for Birdie to have an example of that in her life where it's cool, right? Say, here's this person who is not conforming to what society says is attractive or what, what women should do. It's like, hey, this is how humans are made. And nobody's had a problem with it for a hundred thousand years until the last like 50 years or 75 years or whatever it is. You know what I mean? I think so. If there's any, if there's any female wrestlers out there, potential female wrestlers out there listening to this, just, just an idea, you know, Brian Danielson dares you, or you don't have the guts. You don't have the guts. You're saying? You don't have the guts to show. You don't have your the guts. Well, you know, what's interesting. You know, I love all those timepiece series and movies i'm like watching i watch constantly all of them but a lot of the love scenes they'll show the women with armpit hair like you know from hundreds of years back the man still wants to boner it's not yeah. like it stopped him it, right. what they were used to they were fine they still got down I feel like nowadays, like you see me, like when I know we're going to have sex, I'm like in the shower shaving, making sure everything's so nice. Even and it doesn't matter. I know. And it doesn't matter to you. But even though I like the kids are down, I'm tired. I'm like, okay, I still will make sure I jump in that shower, shave my legs, my armpits, make sure everything's like all smooth. I'm like, damn. Like, And then not only that, it's like, you know, we have mostly the lights off and then candles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, what am I? It's not even like you'll see it, but I guess my feeling is it's what I feel, right? Like yeah, yeah. I won't feel like I'll totally get into the mood knowing my legs aren't shaved or yeah, something. Yeah, else. you feel sex. You society has made you to, has made you think that you are sexier with a shaven body. Yeah. Now the interesting thing is I don't mind if I have a bush or not. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, I'm like I will shave at times, you know, and then other times sometimes I don't. Yeah. Last week, you know, everyone knew that we were in Tahoe having our fun spring break. And I feel like, you know, I've been dying to go skiing. And I've been, um, for some reason, I don't know why I've just really tried to force myself this season. Like, I want to learn skiing. I want to learn skiing. But I was telling you, I just felt like last week I got hit with so much wisdom from like, not only you, I feel like we always have just great talks. And um, later on, I want to get into the stuff you're reading and just all the things you tell me. I always feel like I learn something new every day from you. 
But I feel like too, like the instructors I had that helped me ski, which I have to brag a little bit. I'm now an official skier. (laughs) I don't need lessons anymore. And I've actually only had three lessons. It's cool now that I can actually just grab skis and go ski down the mountain. But I was telling you last week that it was really interesting. It was my second session I had, and it was with a different ski instructor. So the first day I had Tatum, the second day, I can't even remember his name. It's going to bug me. It's better that he's anonymous. I think it's better, right? Yeah. The wisdom comes better when it's from an anonymous person. And actually what's funny is he kept forgetting my name. (laughs) These people, because I show up in all my ski gear, like my big old goggles, I have my helmet on, I'm like, you know, I'm ready to go. They have no idea who I am. And um, they were really shocked how quickly I learned how to ski. But one thing that when I did these lessons, I liked is when you're on the lift, you have a lot of time to talk because we were headed up to the top of the mountain. And he laid on some stuff that I was telling you that really just hit me hard. And one of the things he was telling me, he's like, you know, you're a tremendous student. And I'm in awe how when you fall, you get right back up. You're very determined to learn this and you're learning it really fast. And I can just tell the type of person you are. But it's interesting because a couple of weeks ago, I had this other woman and she wanted to learn how to snowboard and class comes together give everyone their snowboards and I'm teaching them just how to put it on, feel it, move it around. I mean, they're on the literally down in the bottom. So like haven't done anything. And she raised her hand and she was like, will I fall? And he was like, of course she took her boot right out, picked up her snowboard, went right back to the rentals, dropped stuff off and left. And he goes, and I really was in awe of that because she knew what she wanted She didn't want to waste any energy. She didn't want to fall. She knew if that was possible, she was out. He's like, so I look at you as a student and her as a student, and you guys, to me, are both equally inspiring. I look at both of you knowing what you want, and you go for it. And that really hit me because I was like, people would have looked at her as a quitter and thought, oh, this one, look at her. She keeps going and going. But really, I actually was like, wow. She, I actually admire because there's times in my life where I would, even if I didn't want to do anything, I'd push myself to do it because I'm a people pleaser and so many other things I'm trying to work on in therapy. And I was like, wow, she just did. She didn't want to waste energy. Like she does not waste energy in life. She just does what she feels. And that like really hit me. Yeah. So I feel like if you we're going to go scuba diving, right? Say we're going scuba diving and somehow I had convinced you to go scuba diving. And you, we were going to a place where you thought there weren't any sharks. And then the instructor said, if you see sharks, here's what you do. Uh, I feel like inside you would be, I want to leave. I don't want to be here. But you would have stuck it out because of embarrassment. So I think I think knowing when something isn't your gig is such a is such a valuable thing, right? And when you said that to me, we that and the other thing that you said, I thought we need to somebody needs to write a book called The Wisdom of Ski Instructors or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, be, he told me a because, lot of Yeah, because there's because one he said a lot of very wise things. And he's like, he's only in his thirties, right? I think you said he was in his thirties. Anyways. Early. Yeah, but it was be like, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so many things that all of us do because of societal expectations. Same thing with what we were talking about before. And the perception of quitting is bad. 
But if you don't want to do something or if it's going to detract energy from the most important things in your life, of course, you know. Well, and I'll ask you this because Birdie this morning when I was getting her ready for school, she was like, mama, I really don't want to go to Taekwondo today. She's like, Mm. I don't really care if I go to the next level and if I get another stripe on my belt. And I was like, Bird, I signed you up until summer. I really feel like we need to finish the season. And then after that, if you don't want to go next year, then we won't do it. And she was like, okay, I'll stick it out. But then I was like, am I forcing her to waste energy on something she truly doesn't enjoy? It's more because you and I feel like it's a necessity to learn how to protect yourself. And just because of that ski instructor. Now, if I didn't talk to that ski instructor, I would just force her to go. But right. he got me all jumble mumbled in the brain. And I, <laughs> I, was I, would, I, would, I would argue this, though. Birdie does not have a million things that she has to do in her life. She does right. not have. But one of the things that I do think we need to instill in our kids, which is important to me, is the ability to see things through. Right. So right. the idea of we signed you signed up for Taekwondo. You started it. Let's just finish until the end of the session, right? And then maybe because, and this is one of the things I would say about the woman as well, she may fear falling. You and I know, because that's what we have done for a living, falling's not so bad. And if it get, and there will be things that you learn along the way, even if you're doing something that you don't like doing or don't want to do, that's life, Right. If you plan every day to be the most perfect day ever, you're going to be disappointed every day, right? And you need, you, and I think one of the things martial arts specifically teaches you is the ability to do hard things, right? And like the, from a physical and mental perspective, you know? And so, I, so that's my objection. Now, if you are a CEO or like you, running multiple businesses, doing a podcast, being a mom, doing all of these different things. And then you get there and you're like, wait a second. I didn't realize I was going to fall down this much. This is, this is not worth my time and effort that I get with a (laughs) five-year-old. Let's let's teach him a little resilience. You know what I mean? And maybe I'm wrong. You know, I'm, I'm open to being wrong. You know what I mean? I just. So what you're saying is she's going, she's going to Taekwondo today. No. And I think, I think, she, you know, I feel like I've always been big on this. I think she was a little tired, even though she slept great. So I was just thinking about doing another thing after school, but I've always been one. Don't let your tiredness make decisions. Cause if that was it, like I would say no to everything and I wouldn't do anything except lay on the couch. So, um, and you always have a big kick out usually halfway through the day, especially our kids. They ran into school. They were so excited today, <laughs> but I, um, you know, it was interesting because he said something else to me that I was a little like taken back by, but um, I was like, you must be excited. Spring is here and the snow starting to melt. And it's just been a hard, I feel like winter in Tahoe. It's been record breaking snowfall. How many inches? I mean, I feel like the snow is going to be there till July. It's wild. It snowed this, it snowed this morning. My car it was, was crazy to me. Crazy. <laughs> My car had three inches of snow on it. <laughs> yeah, which would be great, right? Because the lake is going to be so full. And freezing, but it's going to be beautiful. And he actually was like, no, I wish it snowed year round. And I was like, really? I'm like, you don't feel like 
a little crazy. Like you're stuck inside a lot, even though he's a ski instructor, right. And also manages the ski team. And he was like, no, he's like the snow forces you to think it forces you to slow down. It forces you to sit. And it also forces me to help out my neighbors. He's like, I can't tell you with the snowfall. He's like, I live next door to a lot of elderly people. I check on them every day. I'm helping them shovel. He's like, a lot of that happens in the community. He's like, the community really comes together at times like, you know, big snowstorms and so many different things. He's like, everyone's energy is different. And I was like, whoa, I'm like, I can see that. Cause I feel like when we're in Tahoe and it's snowing, you and I, we always connect so much because we are forced to kind of be by the fire and have great conversations. And our kids like have figured out how to play and enjoy and go outside in the snow, come back in, warm up. And I guess it is different, but I was like, I could never live in the snow full time for a season. I couldn't imagine a year, but it was kind of neat to hear someone have that perspective on it. Well, so I really liked it. Um, when he said that, because I could, like, I, I like a slow life. You and I are very different in that, in that respect. Whereas that seems very hard and difficult for you. That seems like heaven to me, right? The, if there was something that would force us to be slower. Oh gosh. I yeah. love it, you know, You're because, like, count me in. Yeah. Well, and especially because I'm always, I have to keep keep up with what you're doing. Not that I have to be as busy as you, but I can't, if you're going to doing all these things, that doesn't allow me to be slow. <laughs> that actually and, and when you're going fast and I'm going slow, you get frustrated by my slowness. And so, <laughs> so I would, I would really like that. But one of the things that, you know, I've just been really inspired by, and, and I think the, he spoke to that a little bit as well is how important community is. And like one of the things that this era, and I feel like it's gotten worse since the pandemic where we do all these things digitally, and you know, and you don't see anybody or whatever it is, but you need that human connection and you need like a community where you feel responsible for your neighbors. Right. And especially when you're younger and have the ability to do that. When I, when I was at a church this week, one of the things, because there's been so much snow, there's also going to be a lot of flooding. And one of the things that I uh, I loved was in the announcement, they had put together sandbags, like, which is labor, you know, very labor intensive, putting together these sandbags and whatever, and offered them for free to anybody who needs them in the community for the church. And then they'll, they'll bring them and they'll help set them up and all that kind of stuff to, to protect people's houses from being flooded and that sort of thing. And so um, it not only forces you to slow down, but he was also emphasizing the importance of community, which, you know, sometimes gets devalued. So it really does. And I feel like some people, especially like, I feel like when you're living in California, now the fires have brought in so many people together and helping people, but it is true. Like in some places where the weather's kind of perfect all year round, it's really easy to kind of stick to yourself and, not you still people still help and do stuff in community i'm not saying that but like you know it, it doesn't feel as urgent or there's emergency or like you really have to help someone so i feel right. like that's, you kind of lose that yeah when everything's going great people stop praying as much you know what i mean <laughs> it's really true i actually yeah. I read this thing the other day that and it talked about when like people need god 
or the times we relied on God, it is true how like you can go in waves of like, like what's your intention when you need him? And a lot of times it's like when you really need help instead right. of having the attention, you need him 24 seven. And that's a whole different talk. And you right, and I yeah, yeah. love to go to <laughs> church and stuff like, but, um, but I, it, I was like, you know, that it's true. Like I have to now like be aware of my intention of when I call on him or when I need him. Cause I really want that to be a daily thing instead of like, when I feel like there's urgency or need, which I feel like I'm good at, but you know, I think a lot of people it's, our thing. Thrive Market is a go-to for all of your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online, then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you could use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Nikki, where do we get all our primal condiments? Thrive Market. You know it. I have actually loved so much that I have been able to transform my refrigerator, even my pantry to healthy, low sugar condiments, Mm -hmm. everything in the gluten-free, Whole30 diet recommendations. Thrive Market for me is that one-stop shop where I can pick and choose all the things that are healthy for not only my kids, but for myself too. And boom, they're at my front door within days. They definitely make it super easy to stay healthy, organic, all the things that we really want in our household. One thing that Thrive Market has helped me with is I've wanted that when it comes to household cleaning items or just stuff that you actually put in your house besides consuming. And they've really helped it. I had one, one of my goals this year was less plastic in my house. Thrive Market helps with that, with refillables, with what I exactly need to clean. And look, when you have kids running around, having a company really care about the ingredients inside it, that's super important. What we're spraying on our counters, putting in our toilets, on our sheets, all of that matters. So grateful for a place like Thrive Market that really looks into ingredients and we know what we're buying. 100%. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash twins for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash twins. Thrivemarket.com slash twins. Warning, things are about to get intense. I mean, Bree and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes or a maple donut and <laughs> in our eyes usually I'm giving that stare down when I want to ask my husband for his credit card so I can go shopping Ooh, that is the intense that I like intense heat lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline New York formulated with chili pepper lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades. Blush, Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and many more. 
And you know me with that red. Nothing like a red flag on my sizzling lips. Oh, we know it, girl. Can you take that heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. So many of us love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot. Some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. Oh, yes. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home. It's honestly game-changing. You can just shake the canister and spray it onto your coffee. And voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee at home. No frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. Ooh, an international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. And the best part? Mm-hmm. It works on both hot and iced coffees. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. Okay, so it comes in three foaming delicious flavors. French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato, so you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at the grocery store, and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. Okay, Bree, so what reminds you of college days? French vanilla? I mean, Bree and I lived on International Delight French Vanilla. And you know what's the cutest thing? Is every time our dad comes to visit, he calls me because I always be like, what do you want me to get at the grocery store? And he's like, oh, make sure to get, it's always International Delight French Vanilla Creamer because I can't have it without my coffee. So guess what I'm getting my dad when he comes to visit because I know I'm going to love it. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. French vanilla, of course. You guys, this is a game changer. Okay. How many of us spend too much money at coffee shops? Me. Me. Yes. And we deserve as human beings, to have that yummy, delicious coffee Why we all go to the coffee shops. And I'll be honest, I've kind of always wanted to be a barista, and now I can in my kitchen at my home. I'm really excited to have this, and I can't wait to hear what Dad thinks. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Brian, we all know how much you love to read. I feel like you're constantly reading two to three books every week. You're going back and forth. I don't know how you do it. But every time you're on the podcast, everyone always loves to hear what books you're reading, give us a little insight. So what do you have for us? What are you reading this week? Or what have you been reading the last couple of weeks? Recently, I've been really into poetry, right? Uh, Because it's so concise, right? And to read a poem, depending on the length of the poem, but oftentimes takes less than two to three minutes. But the thoughtfulness and the craft um, put into that, and you can read it, and then you can think about it, and then you can reread it, and then it inspires all these different things. And so it's like, I really love Mary Oliver's devotions. She's passed now, but it makes you see common things in much different ways. You know, and that's, that's one of the things that, in my desire for simplicity, I do not want more things or to do more pleasurable things. I want to see more pleasure, see more amazing things and things that I already do, right? Rather than being frustrated by 
some of the things that Buddy does, which can be very frustrating. You can be a little bit frustrated, but also see the beauty in it. See the, the smile and the twinkle in his eye and just the, the amazing joy of children. And why do children, why do babies cry, right? Like, I was just, you know, I, I had just thought about that. It doesn't make any sense from an evolutionary perspective. Because well, if you cry, if you cry, say we're 75,000 years ago, we're, we're, and we're in the wilderness and whatever, and you're alone, you don't, you don't know where your parents are, and you cry, a wolverine's going to come eat you. Yeah, but obviously we've all evolved differently from that time. And everyone is used to living to what it is. And I think crying is... It tells a parent there's a need. But from an evolutionary perspective, it doesn't make any sense. Most other animals don't do that. And it's weird that humans do. Well, birds, though, if you think about it, like when their mom gets a worm and then comes back, you see all their little heads like. But you see them excited, right? If they're alone and scared, they're less likely to cry or wail, right? But I'll say this. Uh It was really interesting when I was breastfeeding. Anytime the kids would cry, my boobs would instantly just milk would start coming out of them. And yeah. I would even, and this happened to some of my friends too. I'd be on an airplane without the kids. And when I still had breast milk, if another baby cried on the plane, my breast would just start lactating. So I feel like our bodies, there's, you know, there's something about a baby's cry in our bodies that are in tune. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess maybe because I'm a female who had babies, I look at it differently. Yeah. But I understand what, what you're saying, but yeah, it just doesn't make sense that that a baby alone would cry when they could get eaten by something. Uh, yeah. But but anyways, that's not what I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a it was My, just a tangent that uh, you know off the buddy thing. But I'm um, I'm reading um, Finding the Mother Tree by. Suzanne Samard, I think is her name. And it's really about all the things that we're discovering about the, about the way trees communicate. And uh, I've just been fascinated in the last year. I've read so many things like this. Um, There was uh, a book I read on, on fungus and mushrooms, that sort of thing. Merlin Sheldrake. Uh, Mm -hmm. I forget what the name, I actually forget the name of the, the book. But I, I always remember the name of the author because his name is Merlin, which I, oh, The Entangled Life. Now I remember. He talks about the intelligence of fungus and mushrooms and that sort of thing. And then this book is also talking about ways trees communicate and that sort of thing. And I really think what really comes to me through it is how we define intelligence. And the consciousness, you know, consciousness is a weird thing and a very divisive topic. But the idea of consciousness in plants and, you know, as somebody who has gone off and on veganism since 2009, I was really inspired when I heard about uh, the Jainists, which is, I think, they're Hindu. Uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But um, in Jainism, they don't eat, for example, carrots or beets, any rooted plants, because if you pull out the carrot, it kills the carrot, where if you eat broccoli you're just cutting off part of the plant if you eat an apple you're just eating the fruit of the plant but the plant can keep growing but you're not killing the plant and so i've always been kind of interested in this idea of like plant intelligence and if we saw things like trees on another planet would we define it as 
uh, extraterrestrial intelligence? Or would we just think of it as like, oh, those are just plants minimizing minimizing their existence, right? And in the way that we do so many things. So that's one thing that I'm reading. And then the other one I'm reading is very different. It's uh, called Outlive by Peter Atia. And it's just talking about um, the the latest things we know about living about living a longer, healthier life, like being healthy for longer, but also living longer just in general, but without a lot of the things that people associate with old age, you know? And so that's, um, and I've really loved that. It's a very dense book. Um, but one of the things that I thought was really brave of him, because it's not necessarily in his wheelhouse, they talk about one of the things that I'm super invested in right now is the purpose of living a longer life what, what what's even the purpose and one of the things he he writes about emotional well-being which isn't his wheelhouse at all in the last chapter and it's very powerful because he really struggled with that and that's something that i struggle with you know i struggle with experiencing depression and okay so if if you're experiencing all these hard things and sometimes don't want to be alive anyways why would you want to live longer right so it's like putting that putting the why do you even want to do this it's not worth being healthier and living longer if you're unsatisfied with life or if you're on you know if you're unhappy and so it puts a lot of things in perspective you know so sometimes i think if i were to get healthier or have more energy or do that sort of thing i would be happier like it's that idea of if i do a then I will be happier versus experiencing happiness and experiencing joy in the things that you're already doing and the people that you're already surrounded by. So. Well, and I think it's important to bring intention into everything that you do. Cause I think sometimes we forget like buying a house, for example, going through the list, the intention of why you're buying it. Are you buying it? Cause you want your neighbors or your friends to see oh, I'm buying a big house. Or is it because you feel like this house is perfect for your size family and you can manage it? I've like learned that in the last couple of months (laughs) intention. And, but it's true because sometimes we don't take a step back and like, you're even talking about living a longer life. You need to figure out the intention for someone like me. When I think about living a longer life, I want to see my kids get married. I want to meet my grandchildren. If I'm lucky enough to be like Nana, my grandmother, meet my great grandchildren. Now we had kids later in our age, so I don't know if that would be possible. Yeah. Maybe our kids will have, have kids much younger. Like, they could. In their teens. You never know. <laughs> I hope not. I <laughs> but um, I just, so intention for me is definitely like family. And I, I can't wait to see Birdie and Buddy as they grow and what they become and what they decide to do and who they decide to be. And I love life. Like I wake up and when I hear the birds and I smell the trees and see the flowers blooming, like there's something about that inside me that I could do this morning, every morning. Well, I, I will say that's where not every planet's morning. going. <laughs> I know I, it becomes a there's fire. Also, there's, also the, there's also the Brie morning where she hasn't slept good because the kids are, or the dogs or, or whatever right. it is. And then that's, that's a different, but I don't look at, so that right there, 
when I see the intention of living a long life, I don't see the negative part of it. Cause I know that's just, I might sleep bad. We all, I'm not going to sleep perfect every night, but overall, when I look at the percentage of the mornings I have, that's it's higher of like a better life. And also we have kids who are two and a half and one almost six. So it's different for us right now. Um, but I feel that we do, we really have to, every decision we make in life, like there has to be some type of what's your intention. Right. And you, you have to look do, at you know what's, do you know what's really interesting? I, I'm, uh, I just finished a book on speed reading to read even faster. My goal is they say John F. Kennedy could read a thousand words a minute. And really? yeah, my best that I've measured is over 600 words a minute. And so the leap from, so, you know, most people average around 200 words a minute through like learning how to read better and that sort of thing. I've been able to get up to 600, but the different, but those are, those are the easy parts, right? The easy things that you can do to learn to, to read faster. Um, getting from 600 to a thousand is a, I think it's a, it's a different animal. Anyways, all of that to say the first part of the book was first, before you even read a book, identify why you're even reading it, which is like, I've never even thought about that before. Like, why am I reading? Why am I reading this book? What is my, what is my intention? Right. And you see how many books I read. What is my intention behind behind reading these books and to state that in your mind why are you even reading this book before you even start reading the book what are you interested in learning because then you're coming at the book with questions so you're more likely to um remember the material and that sort of thing because speed reading is not about to me it's not about just getting through things faster it's getting through things faster but also comprehending them better and being able to apply them to my life better or make me think in different ways and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I really, as we get older, I think the, the, the focus of intention for different things becomes, you know, becomes very important. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And it's funny because Birdie, you know, she's been like writing you a book um, we've been working on it every night. It's so cute. Even though I have to tell you about last night, one of the pages, I actually might have to go grab it real quick. Cause actually I am going to grab it. When we were writing last night, she goes, you know, daddy loves reading and you love hanging out with family. And I was like, I do love hanging out with family. She goes, especially Dodo. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, you and Dodo love to be together all the time and talk on the phone a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. And she's like, and daddy always likes to read, which I thought was really cute, but she's so excited for this book. And I'm going to show you the last page she made, which I'm like, okay. I can't wait for Brian to see this. Birdie's book's called Candy Castle, which is really cute because look how she did it. Candy Castle by Birdie and Mama. Oh. So she tells me what to write and she does pictures. <laughs> this was her last page she wrote last night, which <laughs> I was a little like, uh. This is interesting. Birdie and mommy went to the ice cream shop. One of the workers pooped on mama's head. Just <laughs> it was chocolate ice cream instead. She made me write that. You want to see her picture? Yeah. <laughs> I, I could not stop crying laughing last night. And I was like, where is Brian? So he could see the huge penis slapping mama's head 
at the ice cream shop. She drew a big <laughs> penis, Brian. <laughs> yeah, well, she was she was intending to to draw poop. So if that makes oh, you feel, I better. asked her. I go, "What is that?" And she goes, "It's the employee pooping on your head." So she took <laughs> big poop, and that's the employee pooping on me. I was uh, like, I can't believe your last thing you want to think about going to sleep is mom's head. <laughs> she loves it. She thinks it's hilarious. She yeah, has oh, my she has my sense of humor, just so you she, know. And she wanted to keep writing more pages about poop. And I'm like, baby, we can't like I, even though if this is for your dad, I guess, yeah. He but like she was going <laughs> off about it all. But there you go. So she's uh, like, and I'm like, that's yeah. gonna be Brian's favorite page. Yeah, <laughs> in a big on top of my head. <laughs> I, I love like, it. It's so good. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I was explaining to her last night because her buddy, you know, their fighting can just be so out of control. And I was telling her when she was a toddler and learning that buddy, you had no sibling around. So mommy and daddy, we could easily talk to you or we just corrected you. I go, but you get really angry at Buddy for being a toddler. And all we have to do is just deep breath and explain to him why that was wrong. I'm like, but sometimes the screaming and then the crying and no explanation. And maybe I'm wrong in this, but it's hard for Buddy. Sometimes he should understand you're crying. But sometimes we just have to speak to him the way I would speak to you when you were a toddler and learning. So she did better this morning, actually, when he did something. She explained to him why she did not like that and i was like good job bird now they did have another fight where they you know that didn't go that way but yesterday i just couldn't understand the fighting was just non-stop and i I got to a point where i'm just like i feel like this is going to be constant like i don't know if i have to bring in a professional like hey can you uh talk to my kids please because obviously they don't listen to me or understand i guess when i speak i have no idea yeah We have a book that I just recently ordered, but it came to the house. It's called Sibling Rivalry that I really hope will address some of the ways to deal with it. It's the same people who wrote uh, How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and Listen So Your Kids Will Talk, which I loved. And um, and so, yeah, it's there at the house. I don't know where. (laughs) But yeah, if you want to peruse it, peruse, peruse through it. Because I feel like, I feel like I'm doing things the right way. I just feel like there's just no learning. I don't see any growth or steps. And I get, and you know, buddy, I told you, I was trying to show you this morning on FaceTime. He, his molar finally popped through. So, you know, that's what I was trying to explain to Bird is like, you were allowed to go through these different growth things when you were you know grew at buddy's age and there was just no one around for you to fight with and if you got agitated it'd be towards mama but mommy understood it and I was able to just be like okay you're just going through pain let's figure it out but unfortunately your brother doesn't take it out on me as much as he does you but and I feel bad for bird that she has to like deal with a toddler brother but it's such a short time in her life and I hate just that it feels like every day there's these spurts of anger just with them fighting. Right. Like, but, don't go uh, without it being calm. Yeah. But there's, there's also, there's value in that for each of them as they learn things, right? It's teaching them each different things about how to handle things. 
And it's also teaching us things too. So it's like, well, and bird was like, you know, when daddy gets mad, he claps like this. And when you get mad, you raise your voice. (laughs) She goes, I prefer daddy's way. And I was like, yeah. And I literally was like, you know, bird mommy is working on that. And I count to 10, sometimes a (laughs) hundred. You guys don't listen. So you get me to the point I raise my voice. And also daddy and I were raised differently. Very differently. Yeah. 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 But I said, mommy will work on it. If you work on your listening, does that sound like a deal? I was like, like, I was like, okay. Like, well, so the re and, and it's interesting because the reason why you raise your voice and the reason why I clap are the same reason it's to get it, to get their attention. And so the clapping to me is, uh, you know, I was talking to you, you and maybe my sister about it when uh, the idea of a complaint free month. Okay. Well then how do you voice your displeasure about something? Yeah. If you can't, if you can't complain. And my solution was singing. Oh, we, oh, oh. (laughs) And so if ever I was unhappy, I would just, hum that to myself or uh i was actually on a trip to australia with claudio in the middle of this complaint free month and so which is a long trip and so we'd do it together if something really like oh man normally we'd complain about this we just look at each other and we go oh we oh and that actually made it better but what uh all of that to say the the idea of we need to get their attention I clap because it gets their attention, but I'm not saying anything that would hurt their feelings or, you know, whatever it is. And you raise your voice. <laughs> and it's not like I do it crazy. I'm like, you know, I. Well, I, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Bye! like, yeah. When he's about like yesterday, he wanted to go find mushrooms in that one area. You guys always go. Oh to. yeah. Then. He starts sprinting to the street. So of course I have to scream. And here comes a car. I'm like sprinting my ass off. Like, and he's fast. He's so fast. (laughs) And just screaming his name. I'm like, I'm like, this kid sometimes can raise, like, what would you say? My blood? I don't even know. Everything in my body all of a sudden gets hot. Yeah. So, uh, and Birdie just sits, you know, she was sitting there like, like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, dang. Do you know what's funny though is, and that I love this is, you know, I read that book, The Entangled Life. And I've always been a little bit interested in mushrooms because we know so little about them. But then um, reading that book and I've become even more interested. My interest in them has transferred over to the kids. And I love that. <laughs> oh, we were literally making our way back and it was starting to get really cold. So I'm like, okay, we got to get home. And they're like, no, we have to make sure we go look for mushrooms. And yeah. Like, hey, let's go. But they were very disappointed because all the mushrooms are gone. And I'm like, yeah. well, you know, they came and cleaned up. And I don't know why all the mushrooms. Well, and mushrooms just appear and disappear. They're crazy. We, yeah. I mean, they all were gone. And you know that one area, there's so many. Yeah. So the kids were not happy. And then Buddy threw rocks. And I was like, <laughs> you couldn't find mushrooms. But Brian, before we take a break, I, you know, we, Last week, um, Nicole and I were touching on things that, you know, would make us scared, but make us feel challenged and that we're kind of craving that in our lives. Is there anything that you would like to do that 
would be something new where you'd feel challenged or kind of scare you, but you'd want to take that kind of leap? Yes, but I don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about it. It would be a, it would be a, it would be essentially you some of the mental health things that I struggle with really, really diving deep with, with someone on that. And then, um, yeah. And then just, it, it scares me in the sense of what would come out. Uh, but I also think it needs, needs to come out. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, but in general, most things in life don't scare me. Yeah. Well, is there anything, you know, and the mental health thing I totally get and not that it's career, but something like physically, like you can go do like, um, like Nicole and I were talking about, like Nicole was saying Broadway and just like different, like acting or different things like that to, to feel like we're doing something different and something scary and challenging. Is there something along those lines that you'd want to try? No, I mean, um, most of the things like that, that I, like I, because of my interest in reading, I feel like I'm always challenged by different things intellectually. And then my life is already physically challenging. Right. And so the idea of wrestling at 41 and I'm soon to be 42. And then with the injuries that I'm, I have dealt with and that I am currently dealing with, I don't, I don't feel the need for more physical challenges. Uh, and then, when it comes to intellectual challenges, I feel like the, some of the books that I read are so difficult intellectually, even to just, you know, uh, there's this author, uh, I don't even know how to say his name, Vaclav Smil. It's very dense, challenging reading, but when I slow down and actually go through it, it's, it's so rewarding and, my ability to understand things or look at things differently. And so I feel like a lot of those things are things that I'm doing, doing already or things that I don't need, you know, the things that I'm working on as, as far as working on things is how to show up better as a father, how to show up better as a husband and really trying to make those a priority as opposed to, I focused so much on wrestling for so long and I have focused on being a good dad and a good husband, but then also making that even more, more of my focus, more of my primary objective. Where's my energy going versus, uh, okay, I have to do this hour and a half, two hour workout. Well, what if I just don't do it because I don't have the energy and I'd rather just be a great dad for the morning. You know what I mean? And so, and, uh, I like and so, that. yeah, so, th- so that's, so that's been, so that's been challenging, but in a different way, you know what I mean? Like just refocusing my priorities, which has been difficult. You know, it's funny. Cause Nicole yesterday was asking me about some doing some stuff. And I told her, I'm like, you know, I actually kind of said the same thing, refocusing my priorities, but also enjoying the calm and the kind of nothing, like just being patient for whatever is to come, but enjoy whatever is here right now in present time is being like the best mother and wife and just enjoying that. Like 
not thinking that's just something that you just roll with the punches on. It's like, no, it's actually something you work on and you show up for, like you're saying, and being that. And there's so much you can do. Like yesterday, you would have thought it was Michael's up in this house. I had <laughs> different arts and crafts going. And I mean, it was like different stations. Like you had the paint station, you had like different things going, but that was my energy. My focus yesterday was keeping the kids busy without wanting a show. And when it felt like warm enough to go outside and play, but like I wanted their brains just to keep working and you have to show up and put effort in that and really think like, okay, what can Buddy do? What can Birdie do? But so it's interesting. Everything you just said, it was like conversation Nicole and I had yesterday. Yeah. And I love okay, sweet face. It's always so fast when I talk to you. I feel like time always just flies and there's so much more I'd love for everyone to hear. But I say we take a quick break and we come back. I hope you have a quote because we have some inspiration and affirmation that we'd like to lay on everyone. You know what I love about springtime is that you kind of get to refresh your closet. You know, fall, winter, we're all bundled up. And then when spring comes, the sun is truly out. You get to ditch all the layers and just refresh your look. I mean, I feel like I am totally in for like refreshing my wardrobe, bringing a little color. I need spring shopping. I mean, Brie, Walmart has like some incredible styles out right now and so affordable. Oh, that is right. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion, home and beauty inspired by real life, Walmart. Be it bold swimwear or graphic beach towels, glowy makeup or sleek activewear, or even elevated furniture and mix and match tableware to inspire your next spring gathering at home. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart now or shop it on the Walmart app. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending. Your style at Walmart. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. All right, sweet face. So hit us with some quote that we can all take away this week. So this is by Thomas Kempis. And I really like this. And this is something I've been trying to focus on, I think at least for the last six months um, or more. But uh, this is the quote, the loftier the building, the deeper the foundation must be laid. Uh, The idea that if you want to do things that are important or at least feel important to you, you have to really look at the roots of why you're doing them. So for example, if you're building a, a company in this day and age, if you don't have a strong ethical background before you even start the company, what are the odds that the company itself is going to be ethical, right? The If your main thing is, oh, this is going to be fun and we can make money with this, you eventually are probably going to lose the fund and then you're just going to focus on making money 
versus the idea of why you started the company in the first place, right? If I don't truly understand the morals and the intention of why I'm doing something, I'm probably better off not doing it than than to rush into things that are haphazardly. And I don't want to say not knowing where they could go, but then it leaves you at a point where you're at a crucial decision-making point. If you don't know what your what your ethics are, you don't have deep-rooted ethics that you've chosen yourself. One of the things that Jim Collins, he's a, mostly a business author, but his big thing is if you are not careful, the world will give you your ethics. At the end of your life, those are not you're not going to look back on your ethics and be proud of them. If you just go by the how we're rewarded in this life, like for, if you look at social media, you're rewarded in social media with more outlandish things or responding to things in in harsh, cynical ways or witty, but that could also tear somebody down. That's how you're rewarded in this. And from a business perspective, you're often rewarded. Some people will say having like being lean and mean or when you're you cut costs here at the expense of something else. You know what I mean? But if you just follow those things, you're letting society dictate your own ethics versus looking deep down and making your own ethics and making them a part of who you are. So whenever a question comes up about this happening, it may be better for your business, but it's not better for you. Something might help me win the argument, but winning the argument isn't the point. But what if the real right thing to do is to just say, I'm sorry, you know, like, and understand that goes with our kids too, right? Like you brought up to me multiple times. Why do you, why are you not letting Birdie do this or whatever? And part of me is like, well, because she needs to listen to what I say. And when I say no, no has to be the final answer. But sometimes it's, I'm sorry, daddy was having a tough morning. I love you. And I was wrong. You know what I mean? So that's it. The loftier the building, the deeper the foundation must be laid by Thomas Kempis. And I don't remember when he was alive. I think it was the 13 or 1400s. You know what I mean? So it was like, uh, Hey, but it still works today. So yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's more important now with all the decisions that we have to make. And we're constantly influenced by all these other things. All these things are shouting at us. If we don't choose our ethics and really make them, internally deep it's going to be hard to make good decisions so i agree with you sweet face well to all our listeners out there i hope you just take away from this episode of just living a life with intention with you know your own ethics of what you believe is hopefully good and i feel like too just being calm and sitting still and being okay with that not have to yeah. feel rushed and also, if you listen to this episode and you think, ah, oh, that's all bullshit, call us out on our bullshit, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, right? we do have, yeah, we uh, do have like, a uh, Yeah, like, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I, in no way, shape, or form am I saying that I, I know, I know the exact proper way to live. These are just things that I'm thinking in this right. moment. I, we could be all wrong. We could be living yeah. this thing totally wrong. And if you've got a, a great, you know, counterpoint or whatever say like you know that brian danielson and brie they're full of shit <laughs> but if you stayed it if you stayed it better in a way that maybe i would oh, okay maybe they're right that would probably be more helpful if you just say you guys are full of shit i probably won't won't listen but you know 
Hey, that's okay. My daughter wrote a book last night. (laughs) And if you have nothing else going on tonight, please come to Nikki and our live show at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, San Jose, Sacramento, Oakland. All those cities are pretty close. So if you want to have fun, it's tonight. You're going to listen to this episode. And tonight we're doing our live podcast show, which is going to be so much fun. Sweet face. I wish you could be there. But next time we'll have Artem on the show. We're going to do a bunch of games and have some fun. So we'll see you tonight. And until next week, Nikki, you're probably not hearing this. Maybe you are, but get better. And I love you, Brian. I love you too. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.